Brovine. What's up? Listen, I've been thinking. Remember that podcast I was telling you about? Right. Brains and big tuners, mass debate. It's time. We need to go for it. sister good morning andy you're looking lovely and bright and ready to talk to me this morning oh glastonbury baby what a weekend i'm str- i'm i'm very badly injured this morning very brain dead indeed how come sleep apnea causing me brain damage every day that passes it causes you brain damage yeah because this morning I've woke up with quite bad brain damage. Yesterday I woke up with severe brain damage. Every day that passes, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep and I'm not getting between seven and nine minutes of oxygen every night. Shall we have a regular segment called Andrew's Not a Doctor? What? I've got a I've got a I've got a bloody medical watch that I wear okay. that tells me your blood oxygen was under uh, 90% for 7 minutes and 30 seconds, or 9 minutes and 20 seconds, So every na- and I wake up with a headache. Have you been back to your doctor going to put his finger up your bum again? <laughs> I have been to the doctor. What did the doctor say? And they, they don't believe the watch. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> they say that it's not, it won't be accurate, and I said, it, well, how come it, how come it, like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but have you noticed over the years that my wit has steadily declined. No, mate. I think you've been fairly consistent. No, because I used to be incredibly smart and witty. I used to be razor sharp. If you said something, I would be. I would say something so vicious so quickly, wouldn't I? Back within a split second, and there'd be nothing you could do about it. But now it takes a while for me to process that information. That sleep apnea. You were mainly hanging around with children because you were a child, and you would mainly say your mom or a homophobic slur. Yeah, and I don't even, don't do, that even do that anymore. It would just come straight off your tongue, but no, no, that doesn't happen anymore. Brain damage ever since the day you were born. Exactly. Yeah. So, what else have you been up to? 
Um, Glastonbury, baby. What a weekend. Before we go into Glastonbury, yeah. do we want to talk about your little visit to Sheffield? Oh, yeah, lovely. I love a lovely little visit down to Sheffield. It was good to see you. It was good to get some recording done in the recording studio tell me all with the professional. Tell me all about the things that happened. Um, well, I came down to Sheffield. Uh, we met up with Sheffield's premier recording artist to create a selection of jingles for the show, professionally done. Um, we had a good uh, time in the studio, and uh, after the record producer heard my singing voice if you remember he asked me if i would become a recording artist and contribute on his next album yeah he congratulated on me for being able to play a tune along with a metronome so yeah yeah he says a lot of artists struggle doing that. <laughs> yeah he did which perhaps says something about like the quality of artists across the uk doesn't it yeah yeah the shy but I've got a recording contract, which I'm quite excited about. Cool. So you'll probably be hearing me quite soon in other places on Spotify. Okay. Do you want to talk about the little whoopsie that you had? I. Well, yes, but that was an accident. Okay. And, and <laughs> I was very ill. Oh, I believe you, I believe you. But do you want to talk through the situation and what happened? Well, I came down to Sheffield in my camper van, and and your parents were away, so I I secured your permission to stay on their drive, didn't I? You rung me before they start mouthing you off. You were rung me. You rung me when you were outside, yeah. Yes, and you gave me full permission to stay on their drive while they were away. I think you were, weren't you already on their drive at that point because you no, knew how to get on. I would never do that. Okay, and. And they wouldn't let me on their drive because they always think the worst of me and they always would think that something would go wrong right. and 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 they wouldn't have given me permission perhaps to stay on their driveway. And this was a good opportunity to show them that I could easily stay on their driveway without any problems. Right. And then I got severely ill in the middle of the night. Right. What does that mean? It means I was I was fast asleep. They live in a lovely part of town, so I felt very secure and comfortable. And uh, and then I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, and uh, I was incredibly ill. It was it was ready to come out of both ends. Um, so I I managed to get to the camper van door in time to to and I threw up. Um. And uh, but then it was coming out the other end, and it's only a tiny camper van. I don't have any toilet on board. So what do you normally do for a toilet? Well, I just go to McDonald's or Costa Coffee during the day. What about at night? You know, I can usually. What about at night? Well, I don't go. I don't go to the toilet at night. I'm not in my eighties. I can okay. go during the day, That's and a then. And, uh, you know, I'm fine o- over the night. I have my morning coffee, and I drive to Tesco and and empty my bowels in. And it, and it's fine, and it's a, and it's an arrangement that's worked perfectly for every other day except that one day where I needed to be able to not um, evacuate my bowels, uh, and of course the inevitable happened, and I I ended up having to do a, a poo on on your parents' drive. Um, <laughs> you did, mate. Which which I regret. I regret it happening, but also at the same time. 
it was I didn't do it on purpose. I know they'll think I did it on purpose, but I didn't do it on purpose because I, I, it was pure illness. Okay, mate. I've talked to them about it. Uh, what? Do, oh, what did they say? Are they angry? No, they said it's absolutely fine. Oh, yeah. They've changed their tune. And they said in the future, if you want to stay on the drive, just go ask. It's absolutely fine. Well, I can ask you. Can I ask? Can I take permission through you? I think. You, or do they want me to go directly to them? I don't think they'd mind, but probably directly through them. Yeah, exactly. You see, they are moving house, so I'm not sure they're going to tell you where they live, but. <laughs> if you ask permission, you can go to their house and you can shit and vomit all over their drive. Oh, thank you. So Glastonbury baby. Glastonbury baby. What a weekend, eh? Oh, what was your favourite from the whole weekend? Lizzo. Oh, Lizzo. Yeah. Mm. I thought Lizzo's performance was the most energetic. Most fun, the best to watch. Her music was the best. Yeah. The most energetic? Yeah, the most energetic. The most entertaining, best, like, stage presence. Mm. I wasn't a fan. <laughs> okay, but... why were you not a fan? I I just, I found it crass. What? How uh... was it any more crass than anything else? Be careful what you say here, mate. Well... I have my opinions, okay. and you have yours. What are your opinions? Try not to alienate everybody who listens to this. I just found that she was... Um, um, well, it's difficult to know what you can and can't <laughs> say nowadays. That's the point of the podcast, though, isn't it, mate? My opinion was that everybody on that stage seemed to have their bodies in such a state of disrepair that the... That the 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 medical bill uh, will be, clean will up be after... far smaller than yours. I don't think so. Okay. I think that I think I think it's fine how to often, be whatever weight you want. How often do you go to the doctors? I try not to visit. I only go when I need to. Okay, so what's that? Is that like three times a week, four times a week? <laughs> I think that your body needs looking after. Oh, is that and... what you do? You've been looking after your body. And I think that they have, they have, uh, they have found a way to make a lot of money by uh, letting their Putting bodies get show. into such a state. <laughs> you can't. This is like ridiculous. You've got a really ridiculous and point of view on this. First it's off, celebrating they gluttony. Do regular singing and dancing performances all around the world. So they do far more exercise than either of us do. You know nothing about their health, and you're at the doctor's three times a week. What if I went matched them pound for pound? What do you mean? It's not a boxing well, match. Well, what if I was like, well, I there's more than one way to be. On, there's train. more than one way to be healthy. There's more than one way to be unhealthy. Right. I think what your problem is is that you didn't fancy her, and you think you should be able to fancy everyone who's on the stage. Uh, well, actually, I did fancy her a little bit. But so that's and I've not got a problem with her personally. It's the it's the machine behind it that I don't like. What machine? And the, this 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 PR machine that that you know if you listen to her lyrics, they're all shy. They're not. They're good. She does no, good music. They're not. Okay, so love yourself, love your body, love your body, love your body. Yeah, do love your body. Get some exercise. Oh, so sh- so you think she's in with Big McDonald's? You think yeah, fast food are absolutely. funding her to do body positivity? I absolutely believe okay, that. Okay, that's mental. Because because there is just 
there's a line somewhere. So how can you turn around to me and say that um, zero-sized models is not a good example to set to our children and we should stop aiming for this ridiculous body size that is size zero and people are ill because they're trying to get to this level and yet when we get to the absolute opposite end of the spectrum say no this is good this is positive feel, it makes no sense i feel like you're totally like off kilter on this and i think you're gonna alienate loads of people and it seems to make you really angry and i've never brought up people's body sizes it doesn't make me angry. It makes me sad. Why don't okay, mate? Because what? she'll die in her forties or fifties, and we'll all be cheering her on, going, "You're doing great." We'll both you're be dead great. well before but her. What are you on about? Her doctor will not be turning around to, to be her honest, and saying, "You're doing great." To be honest, you won't be dead because every small itch you go to the doctor and waste the NHS. I'm high risk. <laughs> okay, for what? <laughs> Just in general. Well, cancer. Okay. A lot of my family get cancer. I've got to be on that. A lot of my family get cancer. I don't go to the doctors every week. I think there's a line, and I'm not prepared to draw that line of a healthy way. I'll let doctors do that. Well, but you're literally doing find, it. You're doing it. Again, what I find back to is, the subject, Andrew is not a doctor. I wouldn't mind if her lyrics were actually any good, but they're s*** and all. They're really good, mate. She does good music. Listen, if you like her, I'm happy for you're you. You're not. But me, personally... <laughs> I didn't like the performance, and I didn't like the message. Okay. And all she did was advertise a bloody plus-size clothing range. It's just pure money, money, money. Okay. So, who did you like? Elton John. You liked Elton John? What did you... It was probably one of the best concerts I've ever seen. What do you mean by best? It was just amazing. The crowd were absolutely into it, rapturously wrapped around his performance... Um, it was a crescendo piece, and the and the the energy just built and built and built all the way up to the final grand finale of Rocket Man, where we all just realised, wow, what a concert! But at the same time, we're we're not saying goodbye to the concert at this last song. We're saying goodbye to Elton, the last song that he will play in the UK, and. Uh, and it was really emotional, i got to admit, I did shed a few tears at that point. Which surprised me, because I, when I heard Elton was playing, I, I thought, oh, bloody hell, somebody else who's very old. I would say it was my second favourite Elton John performance, just behind his rendition of I'm Still Standing during lockdown. That was incredibly <laughs> That was an incredible performance. <laughs> I was worried, when you sent me that video, I was worried that, what he would come out on stage, and when you first saw him come out hobbling out of the door, um, I thought, oh, we've got another Paul McCartney on our hands. What about his health, mate? What about his health? He's spent (coughs) a lifetime doing drugs. Isn't that a massive draw on the NHS? Whose health? Elton John's. Elton doesn't do do drugs. He's famously sober. He's famously sober. He he did do loads of drugs when he uh, first got up and going. Oh, he when became he first got up and going, you have to, yeah, yeah, you have to at the beginning. But uh, no, he's he's led a he's led a healthy life. Who was watching him from the crowds? Uh, Eminem. Okay. Eminem, somebody's helped with his own struggles with drugs and alcohol, and uh, them two together, sober, uh, enjoying music, living life to the maximum. I just thought it was an absolutely beautiful performance, and and I'm and I'm. And I, I would shake Emily Evis's hand at this point because I think 
after last year's performance with Paul McCartney, you know, the only remaining Beatle, I think he is, is he? I think Ringo's still alive, isn't he? Oh, God bless you, Ringo. Well, you know, <laughs> one of the only remaining <laughs> one of the only remaining Beatles up on the stage, and you think, oh, this is going to be fantastic, and it was nothing short of utterly boring, and um, and to see uh, Elton just whip the crowd up into a frenzy, you, you, they kept flicking to Paul McCartney with his sunglasses on, watching from the bridge, and I think he thought, you bastards. Plus the viewing figures speak for themselves. 2.5 million people tuned in to watch Paul McCartney play. Uh, 7.4 million people tuned in to watch Elton John play. Unbelievable. What other bits did you watch? What what else were your highlights? It was great to see the Arctic Monkeys on the Friday night headlining the Pyramid stage. I think that um, his voice sounded a little bit rough. He'd done loads of gigs in Sheffield the week before, hadn't he? Yeah, I played Hillsborough two nights a row. Yeah, yeah, Friday and Saturday night, homecoming tour. Wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful gig I hear. I didn't manage to get to it, unfortunately, because I was very, very ill. Okay, so, um, yeah, I thought his voice sounded a little bit ropey around the edges. Well, there was, well, there was talk beforehand that he might not actually be coming onto stage because of laryngitis. Yeah. Um, but then Emily Evis did confirm in the morning that he would be playing, and sure enough, it came on. With the uh, with the cabaret singer performance, how do you think it went down with the audience? It was all right. Like I think it wasn't as entertaining as someone like Lizzo, but it was stylish and it's nice music and it kind of reminds me of being young. So yeah, it was all right. It wasn't my favourite thing though. We were hoping to get uh, a phone call, uh, a guest on our show today, uh, very closely connected with the Arctic Monkeys, but sadly, um, he didn't have the decency to reply to my text. So hopefully, um, in the future, we'll get somebody with a great in-depth knowledge, very closely connected with the Arctic Monkeys on one of our future shows, if he decides to get down off his high horse and gets in contact with the show and we can work together, that'd be lovely. We're going to have to start doing funny voices and doing phone-ins. Oh, we don't want to, we don't want to stoop to them lows again. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd just give us a chance. I know uh, Alex Turner's a big fan of this show. And um, and if you just uh, we we wouldn't say anything derogatory about the Arctic Monkeys. I think that that's what was, was his concern. Hey, listening figures are up. Go on. They're not up enough that I want to tell you them, but they are up. Do you know what made me think while I was looking at the while I was looking at the crowd at the Elton John concert, and I thought to myself, how um how can you play in front of all them people? Surely you'll just be like struck dead with stage fright. And then I just thought to myself. This is what we do week in, week out. You know, there must have been, uh, what, 70,000 people stood in front of him. 70,000 people on our podcast. um, It's not a great deal, is it? It's more than what we've got, mate. Well, more than what we've got at the moment, but it won't be long um, before, you know, every week we'll be playing Glastonbury and them some. True. Do you know what I would like? I would like the listeners to write in, write in. I'd like them to email Granddad! <laughs> um, with what topics they actually want us to discuss. Because it's the one thing we seem to struggle with every time we meet. Like, going backwards and forwards on what thing shall we discuss this week. I've got loads of ideas. Know, you always poo-poo. You're always really inappropriate. 
I'm not sure they are inappropriate. I think we've, we we live in a culture nowadays where you can't say anything, mate. You were, you were terrified to give your opinion on Lizzo. Be, and why do I want to live in a society where I can't turn around and say I didn't enjoy an artist's performance for this reason because somebody's going to set fire to our house? No one's going to set fire to your house, mate. I do think it's, I do think it's well. a bad take, but you've been allowed to say it. So were there any other performances that you saw at Glastonbury that you enjoyed? I liked Lewis Capaldi's performance. I'm not a massive fan of his music, but I think he comes across as really nice, down-to-earth person, and I thought there was bits of it that were quite touching. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he's a lovely fella. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, no, I just, you know, I'm sure he's a lovely fella. <laughs> That's all. I wish him all the best, and if he wants to go down this route to try and gain media attention, do you then think? God bless him. Anything that is not a skinny white person that you fancy is marketing. Who? I don't fancy skinny white people. I've got very varied tastes. You should look at my bloody internet search <laughs> okay. history. But do you think? Okay, so anyone that you don't think is attractive, do you think that is marketing? Do you, think Elt- How do, you- do you think Elton John and the Arctic Monkeys are not part of the same kind of systems of marketing that you have justifiable issues with? I would... Uh, how do you know I don't find Lewis Capaldi attractive for a start? Okay, so tell me what you don't like about Lewis Capaldi. Go on. I wouldn't know where to begin. Well, begin at the beginning. Um, Lewis Capaldi is, uh, now we don't want to alienate anybody. Okay, this episode feels like it's going to alienate quite a few people. I think you're feeling a little bit tired and grumpy from your bad night's sleep, and you perhaps need to, I don't know, sugarcoat some of your awful opinions a bit better? Mm. Let's just... Let's Lewis Cabalda could be a, a future guest on this show, so let's not, not say anything about him. Okay. And just wish him all the best. I'll, a speedy recovery. Speedy recovery. Wish him all the best. I thought his performance was really good. I thought there were some really touching yeah. moments in it. I think he's a really good singer. I'm not a massive fan of his music, though. Oh, no, it's sh- But um, anyway, I still do hope he comes on the show. Have you ever been to Glastonbury? Uh, I don't like crowds, to be honest with you. Okay. I like to stay out of the spotlight. So it's just the television experience. It made me think that there's a high possibility that this time next year we would be we would be at we would be at, at Glastonbury. Okay. What would our um, performance be like? No, I don't think we'd be performing. I think we'd be there as journalists, and you know. Looking at the music, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? I hope so. Uh, Well, I wouldn't want to be performing in front of a crowd uh, that big, and I, I, and I think I would, I think I would struggle with that. I, I don't like crowds. I love Glastonbury, and I love watching it at the television at home. Um, And I do, I make a big thing about it. I get the TV on the wall outside the house. I hang the speakers out the window, and I just and that and because the side of my house is shaped like the pyramid stage, you know, um, I get it on that wall, and I've got my own pyramid, and I just have such a great time. 
Perhaps we should do like a Gogglebox live watch next time it's on. I've no idea what that is, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> there you are, Andy, bringing the passion and energy once again this morning. Well, I'm sorry, but I I have struggled massively uh, over the past few days with the brain damage caused by untreated sleep apnea that... To be honest, I'm not sure how much longer I can go on without a doctor doing something about this, as I, uh, you know, I rely on my wit, I rely on my speedy mind uh, as a source of income, mm. and if that's been damaged by severe brain damage, like sometimes, I, I don't even, you know, I used to use really long words in every sentence. No, I never remember that. I remember you used to well, make I, words I up a lot. I used to use really long words in every sentence. Now, um, I... I I can't even reach for these words. They're just they they're not, they're not even there for me. And uh, obviously that's going to affect. Well, it affects a lot because I rely on it. You know what, mate? Great time to start a podcast. Well, exactly, exactly. Well, that, at least I can go back to the doctors now and say, right, I'm no longer unemployed. So there's a reason why you need to uh, give me some help because I'm losing money here, yeah? okay. hand over fist. Right, mate, you asked me to do some research. Research into the Glastonbury Festival for our listeners at home, and we really do appreciate the listeners at home, because if not for you, um, what would we be doing right now? We're starting to get paid. When will I get paid? Because I need a microphone. Okay. Uh, We don't have enough money for anyone to get paid. Do we have enough money to buy a microphone? Oh, maybe. A A shit microphone. That's a bit dire, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Fucking yes. hell. What's going on? How many episodes have we released now? This is number three. We're releasing them really sporadically, though. Right. I don't think we should look towards ourselves for blame okay. when uh, it's the audience that pay our wages. That's true. So I would like to send out a request to you, the listener, sitting okay. at home it's now. It's coming across more as a threat, but carry on. Right. Oh, I, I wouldn't. I would like to say to all you guys. That still sounds really threatening. Well, we we need. Do you want the quality of this show to be better? Then we need your money to buy a microphone, and we we buy different equipments. We could buy some sort of mixer. That means we could add in musical tracks. Um, we could get people on the show and put them through the desk. Have you heard that when on podcasts? They say, put them through the desk. Well, we need to buy a desk to put people through. And we could do with an engineer who edits all these um, things together in a professional way. And um, and the show quality will only go up if you give us some money to live on and create better content. Well, give a little shout out to Hannah, though, who's helping us behind the scenes. Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to our female producer, Hannah. We won't say her second name because she doesn't want to be publicly associated with the show. Not yet, anyway. Um, not yet. Um, who has been an inspiration to us and she gives us um, direction and, and purpose. Um, oh my God, I'm going to shit myself. Shall we pause? <laughs> Play that thing, Mr. Piano Man. Oh, whip 
that thing all night. Say, lady, lady, bring me some of those chitlins over there, will you? Put a little that slow. Hey, Mr. Piano Man. How was that, mate? I'm, I'm so sorry about that. How embarrassing. I thought I'd managed to get... I thought I dealt with all that this morning, but because I'd woke up with um, very uh, bad brain fog, I, I, I had very strong espressos in a row, and it goes straight through my... Oh, and shout out to our American investors who are who have um, who have contributed to the show financially. I'd like to see a, a bit more British homegrown support. Um, hey, Lucy, when... Lucy's contributing. Ah, yeah, we do have a bit of um, and and I'd like to thank uh, Lucy and Al who listen to this show every night in bed together, probably while they're making love. Uh, we'd like to shout out and thank you for your support uh, because you do currently make up. Uh, the two of you, over 25% of our listenership, so thank you so much. <laughs> They're our only British backers. Um, a lot of people say they listen to the show, uh, but we see the listing figures, so, you know, again, thanks for your support. Uh, so, Liam, Glastonbury Research, Glastonbury Facts, and here we'd insert, like, a, a jingle for Glastonbury Facts. Okay. Did you know... Glastonbury has been inhabited since the Neolithic times and timber trackways were found at a place called Sweet Track which is one of the oldest engineered roads discovered in Northern Europe and until 2009 was the oldest until an older one was found at Belmarsh Prison. Um, right. Um, false, I would say, because I f- uh, Michael Evis set up Glastonbury. <laughs> Well, this is this is true, and do you know why it was called the Sweet Track? Uh, why? Because it was discovered by a man called Ray Sweet. Right, and he settled Glastonbury. No, he he discovered a, a Neolithic uh, timber track, one yeah. of the oldest in Northern Europe. Right, one there of the most iron- boring festivals. <laughs> <laughs> there were Iron Age and Bronze Age settlements um, in the Glastonbury area. Do you know anything about the Abbey? Um, mm, I don't know the Abbey. I know the Stone Circle. Uh, I know the uh, the Peace Fields. Okay. Um, so Glastonbury Abbey was one of the most important abbeys in England uh, before the Reformation. Um, it was the site of Edmund Ironside's coronation as the King of England in 1016. I'm not sure listeners uh, from America who don't know what Glastonbury are getting a good picture of what Glastonbury is here. Okay, so um, do you know the difference between an abbey and a monastery? Um, uh, yes, an abbey has a cardinal, a monastery is full of monks. Nope. Uh, both monasteries and nunneries are types of abbey. It just means a place where either nuns or monks live. Do you know that a nunnery uh, used to be a place where you would just keep a bunch of women to have sex with? That's not true. <laughs> Cite your source. Uh, no, it's true. <coughs> a nunnery... Uh, just used to be a collection of women. You'd get together and put each would wear Who a would sheet. Who would get together? Uh, the Pope would get the would just you just get a collection of women 
under a sh put them under wear a make them wear a sheet, and they would be simply there for the use of passing um, clergymen to come and and have sex with them. Is this some website you've been looking at? No, the Do priest. Need to go back into your search history. The 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 Pope blesses the women under the garbs. They so become the... married to God. Have you ever seen uh, the ceremony for someone becoming a nun? They become uh, the wife of God. Yeah, that's right. They become the wife of God, which means that the and because and the servants of God, the priests and the bishops and stuff, they come to get the, they come to have sex with the nuns. Um, because they're blessed and they're clean, whereas the the general prostitutes, the heathen prostitutes, um, generally didn't have a, a religion, so you wouldn't want to mess around with uh, somebody without a bit of faith behind them, you know. Fact! That's absolute fact. Look it up. Okay, seeing as we're going on religious facts, um, the French poet Robert de Boron in the 13th century, who wrote one of the really famous versions of the Grail stories... Um, in his version, Joseph of Arimathea um, came over to England following the death of Jesus and brought over the Holy Grail and set up the first um, church that still exists. That's that's what the myth is anyway. So okay. older than Vatican City. Okay, all right. Uh, did you know that the legal age of consent in Vatican <laughs> City... Uh, was 12 years old up until very recently where, you know, after the Me Too movement and there was a bit of a public hoo-ha, um, they thought, you know what, we'd better change that because that really isn't on. So um, that was so that the, I believe, so that the Pope and the um, the the the, uh, the big brass in the Vatican City could have sex with uh, young boys legally. <laughs> Your facts are wild. No, look it up. Fact. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, in one of the other stories, Joseph of Arimathea um, brought Jesus over to Britain to Glastonbury um, when he was a young kid. Jesus was at Glastonbury. Yeah. I've heard it all now, mate. I've heard. Yeah. What well, if that was true? Surely they would advertise it as. The the number one festival supported by Jesus. They would say a festival so good, even even Jesus can't resist raving. Like I don't think that's I don't think that Jesus went to Glastonbury. There's a thorn bush, which is referred to as the Holy Thorn, um, which is only found around Glastonbury, and it supposedly flowers around Christmas and kind of midsummer. Um, so it was. So one of the stories is that, that was brought over by Joseph and it flowers on Jesus' birthday. Jesus was a Glastonbury raver. In fact, the Holy Thorn, they take a cutting of it every year, the local priest and the oldest kid from the local school, and that gets sent to the monarch. So it used to get sent to the Queen, and I'm assuming it'll get sent to King Charles now. That's fascinating. It's a good fact, that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you want some more Glastonbury fact? Uh, sure. So, uh, Glastonbury used to flood, so a lot of it used to be underwater. Uh, yeah, the muddy festival. <laughs> uh, so, like, back in the Mesolithic period, so, like, 7,000 years ago, um... 
So people would set up seasonal camps and move around. And um, Glastonbury comes up in the Arthurian myths and legends quite a lot. And there are people who refer to Glastonbury Tor as the Isle of Avalon, which is where Arthur goes to, uh, like, just before he dies. <coughs> I'm sorry. It's all right, mate. Can edit that out. <coughs> which would make sense, because the Tor would be surrounded by water. Even have you got? More. Have you got any more? It seems like we've got many thousands of years to go before we get any uh, more relevant, up-to-date Glastonbury facts. These are all really good Glastonbury facts. We've had Jesus. We've had the Isle of Avalon. That was about new. It being a gateway yeah. to the Fairy Kingdom. We've got that was loads fascinating. Of great stuff. I uh, I had no idea that Jesus was a Glastonbury reveler. I, I really think that uh, Emily Evis should. Uh, push that a little bit more because you might get a bit more of the Christian sect going there as as, as a pilgrimage of anything. Yeah, it's true. it's true. Did you see Jacob Collier on stage, the no. man in the tie dyed outfit with uh, Crocs on? Right. He was brilliant. He got he got the whole crowd singing "Find Me Somebody to Love," uh, the Queen. Somebody. Okay. Oh, it was, it was brilliant. He got them all singing in unison like a choir. That was fantastic. Did you see the Guns N' Roses concert? Yeah. Slash and uh, Axl Rose. The last abbot, Richard Whiting, was hanged, drawn and quartered as a traitor on Glastonbury Tour in 1539. What did you think of the Guns N' Roses? (laughs) I thought Axl Rose looks like he's on the edge of having a stroke half the time. He looks like the child catcher, doesn't he? I've never (laughs) seen the nose like that. I think you need some long hair, a headband, and some sunglasses. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit odd. He he kept pulling faces that reminded me of. Um, it was it Chucky. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, I, I I didn't. I like Slash though. He's very good on that guitar. Yeah, I think he perhaps needs some better blood pressure medication. Yeah, good. At, they're very good entertainers though. I suppose there was quite a difference between the, the way they dominated the stage and the way the. The Arctic Monkeys are homegrown, beautiful men. Um, didn't 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 get the crowd so rapturously engaged, I suppose. Mm. Um, bloody good though. In um, in Druid mythology, spirits departed from the top of the tour and then were received in a mansion made of glass, kind of in the sky. Have you got any more relevant up-to-date facts? These are all great facts. These are the best <laughs> facts I could find about Glastonbury. The tour's a really interesting place. So the tour's got um, uh, part of St. Michael's Church on top of it. Um, Michael Evis. Built somewhere else and then transferred over to the tour. There was a load of stuff in the mid-1960s, so that's fairly modern, where a person thought that... Um, the tour was at the centre of a series of images that looked like the zodiac surrounding it. Um, that they argued dated back like thousands of years, but then researchers looked at it and were basically like, "That's the A forty two. That's that's only been here for twenty years." Is it the Mormons that said Jesus went to America? Yeah, they made a lot of money off that. <laughs> they did, and. I'm thinking they've Glastonbury's really missed a trick with this visit. Like 
Really, Mr. Trick? Think of the Mormon yeah. church, Salt Lake City. Seven wives or seven brothers. Or four, yeah. it would be 14 wives for three brothers, I guess. You're not, you're not allowed to do that in the church anymore. Go away. No, you're not. Why not? <sighs> because it, I think it's... I don't know. Because it's illegal in America. Bloody hell. Can't do anything. This is what I mean. Can't do anything nowadays. <laughs> There's no variety. No, you, can't be a Mor- you can't be a Mormon bigamist. Is, well, that your, is that your criticism of modern culture? It's not even that... It's not even that... Well, I suppose... I don't, it's not even that I necessarily am into it. It's more just that I just think it's good to have variety. It's you can be have... into polyamory. You can have multiple relationships. The problem is it's illegal to marry multiple people. Just the legal side of it. But, yeah, but to Mormons, they're marrying before God. Or the spiritual God. side of stuff. They're saying, uh, you know, I'll stay with this person even if they, um, even if they're in a car crash or what have you, I'll still stand by them. So that's what the marriage part is for. I personally, you know, but it's I don't like the homogeneity that we try to get everyone exactly the same. We've all got to think the same. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the Mormons stopped doing bigamy in like the 1850s or something. Well, it's I not don't... like it's not like the Me Too movement came along and was like, "Hey, Mormon, stop having multiple wives." I don't think so because in the nineteen twenties, they I think the Mormons were definitely having a few wives. But anyway, um, have I'm you got sure any relevant way. Glastonbury facts? I've told you loads of really good Glastonbury facts. Have you got any Glastonbury facts from the past fifty years? Well, I told you about the zodiac, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my best one from the last fifty years. Right, okay, well, that's Glastonbury Facts. <laughs> On to the next segment. What have we got? Okay. The thing is, I looked up stuff about the festival, and a lot of the facts about the festival are fairly boring. Right. So I can tell you how much it costs for them to break even, and oh, how yeah. many people attend, and because when it first started, and how much tickets yeah, are. Yeah, they'll be good. I can, I can tell you those things, but it's just really dull. No, no, no. It, they'll be good because don't forget we've got lots, lots of listeners out there who have no idea what Glastonbury is. Um, how much do they have to make to break even? Forty million. <gasps> so and 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 the 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 performers of uh, at Glastonbury, the headliners and any of the uh, artists, they don't actually get paid, do they? They do Which get is, paid. No, they don't. They don't they get, do get paid. paid. They don't get paid as much as they would for doing other concerts. Um, 40 million is break even, which means in 2020, 2021, they, um, I think they uh, uh, had a loss of like 1.4 million. So they need to sell out to break even. So Glastonbury's a music festival in Somerset, held once a year. Uh, this tiny little worthy farm gets transformed into a into a small city of 250,000 people it's I, what i saw 200,000 yeah but what about staff cleaners i thought it was i thought it was 120,000 paying customers and then 200,000 total well 200,000 people descend upon this tiny little village uh, and 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 it turns into a small city uh, of just pure entertainment Hippydom, um, tents and, and, and camping and overpriced food. Uh, and, uh, and it's been going on since the 60s. Well, actually, we found uh, out it's been going on for a millennia. 
Well, the, the first festival was on September the 19th, 1970. It was attended by 1,500 people. Tickets cost a pound. And the, and uh, and there were like... Uh, Neil Young was there. Bob Dylan was there. I don't think any of those people were there. Uh, it was muddy. It was very it was, muddy. It was first called the Pop, Blues and Folk Festival. And it was hosted by Michael Evis. Yeah, Michael Evis, lovely man. Um, makes cheddar now. He also runs a music festival. No, no, that's all Ooh, be handed this to his is good. daughter. The original headline acts were the Kinks and Wayne Fontana. Well, everyone, obviously we don't know who Wayne Fontana is, but we all recognise the name of the Kinks. And T-Rex. T-Rex and performed T-Rex. at that first concert. That's so quite a good concert. Bloody good concert, no wonder it's still going. Yeah. So, other other interesting fact, Michael Evis pays himself around 60k a year for the con- for his work on the festival. I don't know if that's reasonable or not. That sounds quite low by today's standards. Yeah, it's about the same as an accountant would get paid. Bloody accountant, wow. Tickets cost £335 for like yeah. a basic ticket. And are almost impossible to get. I don't know how yeah. people actually manage to get any of these tickets. Cool. Did you watch any of the Rick Astley stuff? Oh yeah, <laughs> he was funny, Rick Astley when he came out. He said, um, he said, uh, it, like they did, you know, like now they do on bloody everything where they do this pop idol intro and they go and video behind the scenes as he's turning up in the limo and getting out. And it was funny because obviously Rick Astley, he had a bit of a take off, didn't he, a few years ago where everyone got Rick bombed, Rick um, rolled. Um, but then he's he's so slowly faded back into obscurity again since then, and obviously just plays local gigs at pubs now. But he said just before he went on the pyramid stage, he says whether I'm whether I'm playing on the pyramid stage or I'm in a pub, I, I always have a Jaeger bomb before I go on. And I thought, yeah, that's I bet that is usually your payment. To be honest, he said. He also, he was an eternal optimist and he said, I'm not saying that this is the last time that I'm going to play the pyramid stage, but it might be. And I thought, yeah, yes, Rick, it very much might be. (laughs) I watched both of his concerts, both of his gigs. Uh, I watched the first one and it was not bad. Um, And by the the Smiths one's very good because obviously everyone likes the Smiths music, but now don't say that they like the Smiths music because Morrissey isn't falling in with the status quo. (laughs) <laughs> you don't back Morrissey. When have you backed Morrissey? This well, is like this is up there with your Lizzo take. Like, I don't like, like Morrissey. I actually don't it? like Morrissey. Okay, cool. That's fine. Because That's I think fine. he's a slimy devil. But I don't a slimy not like. Devil. I do. I think he's. I just uh, when I hear him speak, I just think, oh, you dirty. B-. But I don't. I don't not like him because his opinions differ to mine. Because um, actually, we might probably have similar opinions. You have similar opinions to Morrissey. Well, I don't know what's he said that's so bad. He said a lot of shit, mate. Give me one thing he said that's unacceptable. Shall we do another episode where we talk about Morrissey? He's been fairly racist. Really? Yeah. He said a racist slur, is he? Racism's bad. On this podcast, love and tolerance of others is our code. That's what we say in it. Okay, so we're going to go through some quotes 
uh, from Morrissey. And, and I'll say whether, whether you agree or not. Sure, yeah. I'll okay. do that. On Adolf Hitler. The modern loony left seems to forget that Hitler was left-wing. But of course, we're all called racist now, and the word is actually meaningless. Do I agree? Yeah, I think I agree with that. So he was. Okay, on to the next one. Don't have right. to give any justification. Okay. <laughs> on being called racist. When someone calls you racist, what they are saying is, hmm, you actually have a point, and I don't know how to answer it, so perhaps if I distract you by calling you a bigot, we'll both forget how enlightened your comment was. Um, I guess that would have to be in context, because if okay, somebody on just. On to the said, next one? Yeah. We've got loads to get through. On Theresa May and Islam, I recall her, Theresa May, speech on Eid and how she referred to it as a joyous celebration as millions of animals had their throats slit to mark the occasion. Yeah, fair enough. He's a, he's a vegan, isn't he? On Halal Meat, um, if you have any concern for animal welfare, for example, you cannot possibly vote for either Conservative or Labour because both parties support halal slaughter, which, as we all know, is evil. Furthermore, halal slaughter requires certification that can only be given by supporters of ISIS, and yet in England we have halal meat served in hospitals and schools. Yeah, I have actually heard that halal meat isn't as good as we're led to believe, but I suppose any animal slaughter is, is bad, so we shouldn't single out a single form of slaughter. So this is about a far-right political party called For Britain. For Britain seem to say what many British people are currently thinking, which is why the BBC or Channel 4 will not acknowledge them, because, well, For Britain would change British politics forever. So, so, I, so far, I've not, I've not really heard anything that I think, oh, you shouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. I've just heard he's got slightly... Uh, non-standard opinions about stuff that he's been uh, targeted not to have. On acid attacks. London is second only to Bangladesh for acid attacks. Mm -hmm. All of the attacks are non-white and so they cannot be truthfully addressed by the British government or the Met Police or the BBC because of political correctness. What this means is that the perpetrator is considered to be as much of a victim as the actual victim. Uh, I mean, acid attacks are terrible, but I don't understand the point of that one. So we, I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he was pointing out an, an, an inequality. He seems to have a deep-rooted hate for Islam that underpins a lot of the stuff that he says. Well, that goes for... That's any Christian, so... <laughs> that's not any Christian. I'm not even sure if he is a Christian. He's probably not, but you can't say that somebody doesn't like a religion is that makes them evil. Let people okay. not like religions. Okay, I think I might have found one that you disagree with. Go on. So this was on the London Olympics. Right. The dazzling royals have quite naturally hijacked the Olympics for their own empirical needs, and no oppositional voice is allowed in the free press. The spirit of 1939 Germany now pervades throughout the media brand Britain. What a dirty little shit. All right. Well, I, well, if the audience could start um, emailing to the show, as Liam said, send us your ideas for future show episodes. We we'd like you to get in touch. Um, um, contribute to the show financially. Sure, everyone needs to earn a living, but um, 
uh, in content because it, until we can afford to get a mixing desk, we can't get guests on the show, and and it'd be lovely to have guests on the show and interview them. Um, if I you say, want to be a guest on this show, if there's a topic that you're really interested in, get in touch. We will have you on. We will have you on. Have you learned a lot about Glastonbury? I have, yeah. I've I found it really interesting. A little bit about Glastonbury. What's um, been the favourite thing that you've learned about Glastonbury? What was your favourite thing about Glastonbury? Oh, I, I loved all them facts that you that you had. They were all really good facts. <laughs> good. Uh, I, I did like the Jesus fact, um, and that that's something I'll be passing on. Um, my highlight of Glastonbury was Elton John. Um, uh, but there was so much on offer to enjoy. I love Glastonbury, and I can't wait till next year, where I assume we are going to be there in person, but not in the crowds. I would like to be in the BBC area, or you know, a sealed off uh, area where I can hear the music coming across the wind, but not actually. I'd prefer to watch it on a TV than you know be budged around in a crowd. Hey, one of my um, friends, one of my best friends, apart from you, obviously. Pardon. Apart from you, obviously. Um, his family all listen to the podcast together. Yeah. And his daughter went to Glastonbury this year and went with like a rich friend. So they ended up staying in uh, the yurts in the VIP area. Do you know yeah. what? We should have invited her on. Oh, yeah. Literally only just thought of that. Well, I said, have you got any friends that have got anything to do with Glastonbury? And you said no. I no, I said I know someone who's the sound engineer for Arctic Monkeys. Ah, yeah, and you said you wouldn't invite him on because you thought it might threaten the relationship. <laughs> well, That's like... no good. We've got to take some risks in this game. People are, okay. people have elevated us to the position of podcast hosts so that we take risks. Okay. Well, okay. We should have invited... <sighs> We should have invited Matthew's daughter onto the podcast. I will remember that for next time. Well, shout out to the whole Matthew's family because um, if there's five of you, because if you're all listening to this podcast and there's five of you, that Four. does make up a, a, a large percentage of our listenership. So we send genuine love out to you. Well, do you know what? If they're just listening to it through one device, all four of them together, that's four listeners in one download. Oh, my Lord. You should use separate devices to listen to our podcast on. You shouldn't all be sharing the same device. You're not doing us any favours by doing this. You're taking away money from the show, not contributing to it. When Spotify looks at the figures for who's listened to this, they'll see one for your whole family and think that we're four times less popular than we actually are. I'm sure that like threatening request will have gone down really well. Listen on different devices if you can. <laughs> Come on, we need the numbers. We really do need the numbers. I'm... Sometimes I think about my life and I just think, are you sure this is going to work out? <laughs> Occasionally, I do. I have self-doubt about this podcast and I think, hopefully, this is all, this is it now. We're, you know, we've made it. Uh, we're at the top of the game and all we're going to do is work our way up. And then sometimes I think, what if this is another failed attempt? Like, what if this is going to end like every other job? Well, let's keep at it. Yeah. It doesn't need to be the biggest thing in the world. It does. And we need to think about like how we advertise to people and how we improve our content. If you listen to the show, please pass this show on to your friends and family. Just send it out. 
go on WhatsApp, just send it out to everyone in your phone book. I do things like that all the time. If I've got any good Christian-related stuff, I always send it to everybody in my phone book. Just send this podcast out to everybody, and then, you know, like, we can grow. We can get a mixing desk and an, and an engineer, and you'll benefit at home because you'll listen to this podcast, and you'll go, this podcast is way better than it was at, at the beginning. And it's nice that... That, that brains and big tuna are driving around in nice fancy cars and getting themselves into all kinds of scrapes further you could up have a, the food You could chain. have a camper van with a toilet in it. We could be interviewing Elton John the moment that he comes off the stage. And yeah, I'd love a camper van with a... If it was up to me, I'd live in a camper van. I know you would, mate. All right. I think that's all we've got on Glastonbury. I'm sorry for the, the quality of the show. As I say, I am suffering... Greatly from um, uh, brain damage. Mate, we can't spend five minutes begging for listeners, and then our outro is I'm sorry the show was so shit. I've got health conditions. Listen, if we'd done this podcast a few years ago, you would be surprised by the. We're going to make this a good podcast. You're just in a bad mood today. Thank you for your listenership. Thank you for tuning in to the Brains and Big Tuners Masturbate. All you masturbators at home, you make this show what it is. A piece of... (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your listenership. This is Brains signing off. Plug the Patreon. Oh, please plug the Patreon. uh, Online with your money. Patreon.com forward slash masturbate. Yeah. Please put some money in our bank accounts because um, (laughs) uh, it's not just me. Uh, Even my wife is now constantly talking to me about um, finding a proper job and supporting the family in a uh, different way than I I currently am. Uh, And I'm saying, you know, this podcast will be the making of us. And uh, and she she's actually one of the worms in my ear saying it might not be. So let's prove her wrong by actually earning some money. That'd be nice. Yeah. All right. Well, over and out. Over and out then. Thanks, listeners. Speak Thanks, big tuna. that thing all night. Say, lady, lady, bring me some of those chillings over there, will you? Put a little that slow. 